Welcome to this podcast, which tries to find the best in everything it can, because every Doctor Who story is someone's favourite, isn't it? Welcome to Happy Times and Places, with me, Toby Haydoke. I hope you can join me for this episode two of our story. I'm wearing a disguise, even though you can't actually see me. Hi Toby, my name is John Cooper and I'm a comedian and illustrator. The story I've chosen is Time Flight. Right, well, <clears throat> I'm a little bit tired because it's taken me slightly longer to embark upon tonight's quest back in time because it took me as long as it took the dinosaurs to die out to find the remote control. I have it here. And I'm about to press play to get episode two of Time Flight going. And I hope you're going to do the same in three, two, one. And that took far longer than episode one. I try my best. Um, yeah. Be quiet, Alexa, or I shall smash you to pieces with a hammer. I live with a robot woman who ruins my life. Um, uh, so that, yes, look. Um, by the very fact that these are being done by me, they're going to be quite ramshackle. So if you're into um, exactness in terms of lining up of episodes and, you know, the sort of little, little professional tweaks, they're not going to happen. <laughs> I, I mean, I will work hard to make sure the font is fastidiously observed on the closing credits. But so, yeah, there will be certain things that are very um, will will take me an unnecessarily large amount of time to pull off. But um, the actual doing of it, uh, I, I actually think that that costume and that makeup, um, it, as I said last week, um, Khalid totally convinced me as a as a bad guy. I mean, you can see Anthony Ainley's in there now, but uh he he goes for it and uh and and the makeup disguises him effectively um they bulked him out a bit as well um and he was yeah he was he was a sort of convincing convincing bad guy ooh the doctor's uh doctor's question marks on his lapel are backwards the 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 the, the question marks get a a hard time now um i think because they they sort of spread like a rash, didn't they? Sort of got one, and then and they gradually spread all over his body. Um, I I loved the question mark lapels as a as a young man. Um, I thought they were a really sort of neat, neat little touch. As I say, and you can you you can have too much of a good thing, Doctor Number Seven. Um, I, I, I didn't like the cricket thing as a, as a kid because even though I, I played cricket at school, um, I think it tied him too much with one particular image. But actually, I, I, I do like this costume. I, I think it's only the jumper that sort of says 100%. He's, he's, he's not travelling through space and time. He's on his way to a cricket game. I, I think if the, if, the, if the jumper didn't look like it couldn't be worn for anything else. I think I think the rest of the costume would would get away with it. The silhouette's great, and I think the colours are great. 
and actually cricket whites are quite a sort of dull color so actually the the splashes of of color that have been but that have been thrown in there i actually think it's rather a an elegant um nice costume i just think the jumper is too work specific what what you're uh, too, too, too associated with one particular thing the professor haters professor haters dressed as matt smith he's professor haters cosplaying <laughs> as the 11th doctor <laughs> look at him he really is <laughs> you heard it here first or is or is is that what matt smith was channeling i think he's the nigel stock doctor um nigel stock a fine actor um who i remember i think his presence impressed if not my i think maybe my granddad um who was never massively demonstrative about a lot of things, but he, he he knew if a good actor was in something, even though he wasn't had no theatrical associations at all. He just knew stuff. My granddad, he was of that generation. You could ask him anything about. He'd left school at I think nine or something ridiculous. He was one of twelve kids, uh, and yet probably knows knew more about a broad range of subjects than anybody I've ever met, because he just got on with life and. I think because he'd been denied an education, soaked up knowledge. Uh, and I stayed. I don't, it's not. It's not entirely irrelevant that uh, I, I talk about him here because I stayed at my grandparents when this was on, and they are the reason I missed the beginning of some of them because they they were. My grandmother was a Methodist who was all about, you know, morals and stuff. You shouldn't drink, she'd say. And then at Christmas we'd have a Stones Green ginger wine and that somehow didn't count. Uh, <laughs> but um, they lied to me. They lied to me because they watched Crossroads, I think. Uh, and I said, oh, but, but Doctor Who's on, Doctor Who's on. They said, it's all right, it, it finishes before Doctor Who. And, the, you know, they turn over and I'd go, oh, but it started. They go, no, you've just missed the very beginning. And I and actually it turned out I missed about I missed a good chunk of it, um, and that particularly when it comes to episode four because I remember Nigel Stock gets credited in episode four, uh, uh, and and he's not in and I thought he wasn't in it and I assumed it was just that he was on the the reprise from episode the end of episode three where he dies, uh, but no he actually appears in a scene in the TARDIS with. Uh, with Stapley and uh, and uh, and Michael Cashman, Bilton. Um, but I didn't see that scene, and that's quite a way in. We will see how much my grandparents made me to watch Blooming Crossroads. But it was, all, it was the fact that they fibbed to me. Uh, I knew that I wouldn't challenge, you know, I wouldn't challenge that. Um, oh, that was quite mean. For Crossroads, I think it was Crossroads. So I was definitely with them for episodes three and four. I don't know if I was for episode two, but I, 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 I certainly I don't think I saw um, the, the, the scene where they sort of got over the death of Adric. So maybe I just kept missing the beginning of episodes of Doctor Who. Maybe it was to give myself something to discover later in life. Um, yeah, stock of good stock a fine actor um i remember i live outside a place called ludlow in shropshire and um 
have the Ludlow Festival where visiting actors would come and do things. And I remember in the paper it said an actor who was due to come to the Ludlow Festival has died. It was Nigel Stock. And I think I thought of him as very old. I think he was only in his mid 60s, probably when he died, if that. Um, but, you know, which is no age now. I've got mates who are 60. That's terrifying, isn't it? I loved Nissa. Nissa was my favourite as a as a as a youngster. I I held a bit of a torch for Nissa, and I love her costume. Her costume's absolutely gorgeous. The colours actually of this era, and they do, and they don't do that that costume because obviously it's not it's not a contemporary costume. But I think um, the Amy Roberts June Hudson uh, costume Aegis um, get, do have a sort of theatrical grandeur that that are really helpful in not being very 1980s but being a bit but but you know because they're slightly theatrical and therefore you know redolent of the past i think i don't think i don't look at nissa's costume and go oh that's from a television show from the 1980s um but i could be wrong because i don't know anything about costume but uh, and, and it's tied with my childhood um, I love Captain Stapley. I'll stay with Nissa. Good for you, Captain Stapley. That's the good sort. The bubble bath sort of works there. The bubble bath plasmatons. He's um, Davison's breathy stuff is great. S you know, stuck on a fairly difficult set. With, with which which doesn't allow for much interesting shooting you know everyone's sort of standing around talking although this isn't badly shot here um some of the shots are just sort of four people standing in a row but the the grouping there was actually very nicely done ron jones um but D davison's breathy stuff gives 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 it such a sense of urgency and such a s slight sense of panic that's quite trouton-esque it's weird because he's not he doesn't look anything like trout he's not you know, he looks like a leading man. He looks like a young leading man, whereas Troughton looks like a craggy character actor. But actually, in terms of acting style, they are not unlike each other. Uh, and I think of both sp splendid actors. And, and I don't think Peter Davison gets enough credit for being the character actor that he is because he looks like a leading man and because he's been such a sort of ubiquitous television face and because he's got kind of quite a and I don't mean this pejoratively quite a sort of bland face he's you know he's he's got a pleasant open face um but but actually his skills as a character actor uh, are, are are I think somewhat I was gonna say somewhat underrated but they're not he's never out of work but um I think he's more than a reliable tv face I think he's a He's a he's a damn fine actor. Um, Professor Hater's an absolute twat. <laughs> All right, Professor Hater, you just um, yes, I, I, I I'm not sure what um, what the idea is with making Hater such a burk, but it does make what he does next episode sort of either unexpected or unsympathetic i don't know <laughs> the 
These aren't bad caves. Um, yes, Ron Jones directed this. Uh, oh, you've got to love a sliding rock. Um, they're the sort of things you take for, take for granted in programmes of this ilk. Sliding rocks, sliding bookcases, rocks that you can get hit on the head with and not get concussion, but just sort of get knocked out without any lasting brain damage. Um, the, and the, the colours of the lighting in this, this set are nice. Um, yeah, Ron, Ron Jones directing this. Um, I don't think he was the first choice, was he? I think they asked Andrew Morgan, who doesn't direct until Time of the Rani and is, was a, you know, is a very experienced, he'd risen in the ranks as production manager and things. Um, and I, th I think was, was going to do this and then got a, got a better offer. And so, so Ron Jones, who'd done Black Orchid, I think was his first directing job then gets this and we sort of forget about Ron Jones because he died sort of relatively young and I don't think he gave many interviews there's one in Doc 2 magazine and there's there's one there's there's one on video isn't there that's turned up or is it or is it just photos and an audio um we have got some footage of him um and he's on the French documentary about Trial of a Time Lord um which I've only seen once about 30 years ago um but I remember him being on that because they just captured him as director and I thought, I'll oh, give the guy his name. Um, he's, uh, he's doing a decent job here, Anthony Ainley. He's, uh, I, I, I totally buy him there as, as, as Khalid, he seems like. But, I mean, it's quite an early reveal for a villain. In retrospect now, you can, you can see why. Um, anyway, Ron, Ron Jones... Um, we sort of forget was um, you know has has quite a long career as a Doctor Who director right through till uh, till season twenty three right so so throughout Peter Davison and 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 into Colin Baker and nobody nobody talks about him much because he that time flight arc of infinity uh, uh, none of them are ever the stories that people love although I think he does a a brilliant job on Frontios, which is, which I'm looking forward to doing, and I think is a story not talked about enough. And and he does a decent job on Vengeance on Varos. And depending on how you like your Doctor Who, Mind Warp, <laughs> I'm going to be interested to see how I react to that. <laughs> um, but this, I always I always think this has a, I think people think of this as being a bit flat and a bit. And a bit cheap, and it's interesting because the the story is a is a lovely idea, isn't it? About the the alien race uh, with with the two distinct sort of sides, uh, and then being influenced by a by a, a baleful force. In this case, Kali slash the Master is is a is a nice setup. But you don't, and it was called Seraphin at one point, but actually the Seraphin only turn up at the end of episode three to have a chat from a CSO studio. And so you, their presence isn't felt as much uh, as it might be. And yet, and they're, they're a really interesting, interesting concept. Um, but I do like the incongruity. This is what Doctor Who does so well. I love the way that Captain Stapley is irritated as we are by Professor Hater. Um, 
<laughs> and he's love. We love Captain Stapley. Um, but the incongruity of these sort of besuited city gents or or people in airport uniform try d doing this sort of parity um, pa parity airline stuff and trying to break into an alien catacomb. You know, if there's nothing as oh, see, this is good. They're doing this really, really well. Um, and and. Oh, that's really creepy. The 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 idea that they can start parroting uh, the stuff that they do as a job. That's that's quite a sort of grotesque parody of what they they actually do because of the setting and because of the fact that we know they're parroting it because something is exerting its 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 control. That's really good. Yeah, I I thought that was really effective. Yeah, I, 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 and of course, Doc, that's a very Doctor who -y thing about... Uh, oh, oh, Michael Cashman. So it took Tegan. <laughs> I like that. The Doctor, Nissa, Tegan. And then you go, oh, oh yes, Tegan. So, uh, so Bilton, you've got an eye for, for Tegan, have you? Um, <laughs> although um, I remember... I don't think I'm betraying a thing. I remember because there's a making of on this and they interview Keith Drinkle and uh, he said uh, he said when uh, you know when when he was cast um, uh, Nathan Turner or, or some had gone oh that's three then because Richard Easton and Michael Cashman and Keith Drinkle are all gay so um, you know you've got a you've got a full house um which of course is 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 neither here nor there, but um, because Keith Drinkle had said it, I think there was a the, the, there was a moment where Chris, who directed things, said, "You know, is this is this public record? Can can we include that as a as an amusing anecdote?" And it is it is in the thing, so obviously it was it was fine. Obviously, Michael Cashman is very much on public record because he went to play Colin in EastEnders uh, and then became a. a a, a, a campaigner for gay rights and a member of the House of Lords and has made an illustrious contribution to, to politics as he had to acting because he'd been in the Sandbaggers um, and, and Colin in EastEnders was a major character the first gay kiss on sort of popular television uh, in the UK and then he made a, I think um, certainly one that made a, made a big impression uh, and he made a documentary about it afterwards where he sort of compared the fact that there was a there was a heterosexual kiss in the same episode um, and said, but it was only his one, which was only a peck on the cheek with uh, the actor Gary Hales. Uh, and, and, the, and a national newspaper the next day said, East, it's East Benders. And you go, I mean, I this is the shadow of the times that I grew up in. And... Uh, you know, so when people kick back against, um, you know, political correctness or whatever, it, it comes from an important place. It comes from from the fact that not all that long ago, there are some things that were, that were absolutely extraordinary to behold now, um, you know, that were mainstream enunciations from supposedly respectable and certainly, you know, widely digested organs 
I did not intend to do blunt tundra there, but I'm quietly proud of myself that I got one in whilst making a very, actually a very serious point. And Cashman's documentary was really interesting because he talked about how actually some kids came up to him and said, give us a fiver, give us a tenner. And he said, no, no. And then eventually he said, what, what's going on? Why are you doing that? And they said, there's a bloke over there who told us to go and ask you. And it was a, it was a photographer from uh, a, a tabloid newspaper. So it's not only that they that they spread that sort of horrible childish stuff but they actually convoluted it they controlled it um but i can't talk through the appearance of adric very clever of john nathan turner um because i'm guessing matthew waterhouse was probably still on contract was he so it wouldn't cost him anything but it means he gets his name in the radio times so fans who are looking ahead because the radio times would have come out before uh earthshock's final episode was broadcast would not know that Adric wasn't in the following week because the cast list was for both episodes. I mean, he'd have been bottom of the credits, which would have been a bit odd because credits are important in order of appearance. I th- is Melka Graham Cole again? Certainly the original Melka is Graham Cole, who went, who's now an OBE and was PC Tony Stamp in the bill. Um, there's a series of quite unusual OBEs and CBEs in Doctor Not unusual that Graham Cole should have one because he's done loads of charity work and is a bit of a national institution for being Tony Stamp in the bill. But in terms of his contribution to Doctor Who, uh, he's not alone. And in fact, the first uh, uh, actor, the earliest chronologically actor to be recognised in the Queen's Birthday Honours, I discovered the other day, and it's much earlier than you'd think, and certainly not who you'd think, but I might do a podcast about that. So stay tuned. Um... But yes, um, when when you look at some of the, we we look at the sort of division in in society now, and it's always been with us. The arguments may change uh, their footholds, but uh, they're still had, and we have made a lot of progress. And yes, that a tabloid newspaper would pay children in order to set up an actor, who's whose greatest crime is to is to play a gay man on a popular television program and be gay himself but i mean you know the the moral arbiters of our newspapers are people who rifle through celebrities bins for a living it's uh, anyway i'd forgotten about that monster i've seen the beside the scenes picture and of course it's a visual effects guy with a thing and I'd remember seeing that and he's saying it's from Time Flight and I don't remember that bit but it's this uh, it's uh, it's it's this sort of temporary monster that doesn't do much but it's uh, it's a useful addition to the story well done Nissa. I always like it when Nissa's a bit broken oh and the death of the monster's good that's that's a nice effect uh, but where's the story going why what, the villains fall into the ground. The lighting here is lovely, actually. Um, you know, not all of the... Some of the rocks look a bit... a bit. Fl- oh, and I remember that. Yes, the death. All that goo, goo, goo is fantastic. Um, there's a series of quite nice goo... Sort of goo from the nose deaths in the in the, in the Davis scenario. There's a... The, the, the Terraleptil, isn't there? And there's a sea devil in Warriors of the Deep. Yes, Doctor Psychotronics. I think you'll find it's electronics. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and you don't want that because you don't want Professor Hater to be right because he's a twat. <laughs> he 
It's Twatter. Because I don't swear on these things. It's Twatter swear word. Ah, oh, and I remember. I think I was at my my grand and granddad. So I must have been there for a couple of weeks. It was unusual. Um, Mum must have been on holiday or something. Um, because the master. I mean, that was just ah. Oh, because I didn't. Because the master was relatively new to me. Because I didn't know who he was until he, you know, until he turned up in in Legopolis. And I, I think my brothers had said, "Oh yeah, he's from the past and stuff." But I didn't really know. Um, but the fact that he come back. Um, because he's from the past. Whoa. Um, I'm still in, I'm still enjoying this. It's a bit flat in places, but that's you know, it's, it's, I'm 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 not objecting to it at all. And um, and there's plenty of Alec Wheel. There's a name to conjure. How many episodes is is he credited on? I I did work it out once because when he when he died, the was I'm Dorkin near Adsik. Oh bless her. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, Alec Wheel, senior cameraman. Legend. So, what am I going to... And I think I'm going to go to bed after this one. I was hoping to do this all in one night, but uh, I started about a, an hour and a half after I'd intended to because I couldn't find this. Um, it was actually just at the end of the sofa, but I was getting frustrated, so I started not looking methodically and I wound myself up and got cross a bit like people do before they go on Twitter and things and then they end up you know spoiling things which is what this is an antidote to so so physician heal thyself um my favorite thing was um Bilton and Stapley sort of reverting back to their their piloty selves and parroting that stuff in that sort of grotesque parody of 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 you know what they would do in their workplace, but it's because it was they were being forced so to do by the you know malevolence uh, controlling the sanctum. Um, I thought that was a really effective moment, and that they particularly Richard Easton uh, did it did it very well, and it's a nice idea you know the robbing of of personality is of what makes us particularly as that they're such game fellows those pilots i thought was really effective now what did john cooper choose i think i've got to go back a little bit for john because i went forward a little bit when when last time let's try there the best thing about episode two is the reveal of the master oh he's called oh he's not he's the master who would have known who's even there to see it it doesn't matter it's amazing the best thing about episode oh. um <laughs> yes yes it, i mean as a kid again this is very much john taking us back to his childhood which to be fair to me i wasn't present at <laughs> John, uh, I didn't know him then. Uh, 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 um, and actually, that reveal of the master when when I was younger, that was that was big news. Only in retrospect do we go, why the hell was he in disguise if there was nobody there? Um, but I suppose if he knew the doctor was eventually going to turn up, he, he couldn't just throw that Khalid disguise on, could he? been hours in makeup and presumably he's eaten his makeup his tissue compressionized his makeup lady um yeah reveal of Khalid is a good choice but I like my choice too because in some of these I've I've chosen swiftly and not very wisely 
Um, okay, I'm going to bed now. Um, so when I do uh, Time Flight 3 and 4, I will be in a different outfit, but perhaps I will be in a different frame of mind as well because I will not be fresh from an hour and a half looking for a remote control. But I hope, I hope we're doing well, accentuating the positive of Time Flight because uh, I, th I thought this would be tricky um, and I, I'm finding it actually quite invigorating having been able to talk for 50 minutes about Time Flight and not say, not pick too many holes and I have picked some and I'm sorry about that but my heart is pure and I'm doing my best um, so I'm going to go to for 40 winks so I will be refreshed next time you see or hear from me thank you very much for being here I hope this is all right it's just an attempt to to throw a bit of enthusiasm into lockdownville and uh, uh, thanks to however <laughs> the dozen of you that are watching this anyway it's a t it's time to take flight to my bed uh what do i press to oh no i just say good night don't i don't press a thing i can't switch you off <laughs> i just have to say good night and then and cut away in the editing later so that that bit of wordplay about time flighting to bed good night <laughs> Thanks to my guest, John Cooper. John is a terrific comedian who has lately prospered on stage with his alter ego, Danny Pensive, a disarming and charming love letter to geekery, a beautifully benign and gentle creation who will particularly appeal to listeners of this kind of podcast. Check him out if you can, and also John's other creative endeavours, which include illustration and cartoonery. I'll leave the final words to him and wish you all the very best until next time we meet on or behind the sofa for another episode of Time and Space's Best Ever TV Show. Uh, you can see me on stage as Danny Pensive, and uh, I have a comic out at the minute called Distance, which is all about the crazy things and dark things that have been happening uh, in the world since March. Uh, it's a strip that I've started. It's going on Kickstarter. You can find out more about it at johncooper.org.uk. Happy times and places. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to my supersonic podcast, Happy Times and Places, which was presented by me, Toby Haydock. My special guest was John Cooper. The music for this podcast was specially composed by Dave Gates. My thanks to this episode's featured patrons, James Blackett, Michael Dennis, Tim Dickinson, Pete Dylan Trenchard, Christopher Joyce, Andy Kitching, Pitt Maidley, Russell Parker and Monsieur Poirot. And thanks, of course, to everyone who is supporting me via patreon.com forward slash Toby where you can get early access and bonus episodes. Don't forget to subscribe to the official Toby Haydoke YouTube channel.